Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This podcast is powered by SportsDrink. Your digital water cooler. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Attention to Detail podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Ayers. So today I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into my story uh, as to how I actually got started with basketball training or how I started to actually get into it full time or, or make it, I guess, my life's calling. Um, but in a broader sense, how that applies to failure and why we should I guess, frame failure in a different way, see it in a positive light. And this can apply to anything, right? Basketball, non-basketball, business, non-business, whatever it may be, whatever your case may be, just seeing maybe not failure, but but um, a, a change in your life's path in the best light possible. So right now I'm just talking a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but you're going to see exactly how I'm going to fuse these two together in a uh, and hopefully you'll get something out of it. So a little bit about me, how I got into basketball training in the first place. I think this is good context for this conversation. So I started playing basketball like everyone else, you know, extremely young, not like everyone else, but around my area, like everyone else in the DC area, short white kid, right? Always kind of working to make sure that I was even staying afloat. It took hours and hours and hours and hours every single day to to just play at a decently high level. So that was my upbringing in terms of basketball. So fast forward to high school, right? So many hours had already been put in. I'm not bragging or even saying this uh, to, to explain how hard I was working, but more so to show you uh, how much I invested into it even up to this point. So Obviously, high school comes around. I'm playing at one of the best high schools or schools in general in um, the the area, by extension, the country, and obviously by extension, the world. So, me, five seven, five eight, scrawny white kid, once again, had to scrap for everything I, I had. So it was like investing everything that I had at every moment um, to make sure that I could play not only at this level but at the next level, right? That was my dream. Like 99% of basketball players get a scholarship. I honestly didn't care whether it was D1, D2, D3. 
I wanted to play at the next level. Even if I wasn't on full scholarship, I had worked so hard to get to the point that I was at that it was only right to take that to the next level, right? I mean, I had invested time, energy, effort, uh, sacrificed so many things to get to that point that you feel like you're just, it's only right to continue doing that. And I think this is a time that a lot or a point that a lot of athletes get to where, or again, even entrepreneurs, right? Maybe you're starting a business, but we'll take it from a basketball sense where you're a high schooler, you've put X amount of hours into it every day. Those add up. You've done so much to sharpen your craft, to reach the next level or in hopes of reaching the next level. And then you get to a point, which is about this time of year, just why I'm thinking about it, where you don't have many options, right? You, you've improved, but it's like there's a fork in the road, right? Do I continue playing? Do I continue dragging this on? Do I continue trying to push this dream forward? Or do I make a split in the road? Do I pivot and go into something else, you know, maybe something that I love or maybe it's something that I don't love and it's just working through that. So I think that's a tough fork in the road for a lot of people, but a lot of athletes in general, like right now, I've been talking to a lot of them who are kind of like, where were you at when you were deciding between hooping and training? And I've been giving advice on this a lot recently to younger kids. I mean, one of the benefits of being a younger trainer is being able to relate to to athletes who are five years younger than me and they're going through this, right? I'm only five, six years removed from this. So I had been training my, I guess, sophomore, junior year of high school. Just my teammates, people in the area, was making videos and stuff. Had started to build by any means up a little bit. So now I was at this point after my senior year, right? We were top 10 in the country. Uh, I didn't play a crazy amount, but enough to get some decent film. So it was like, all right, now I had two options. I could either continue to play at the D3 level. I had some options here, which were I've been working my ass off for years and years to get there. Or I could devote everything that I had to training. And again, this is a tough conversation to have with people because you can't get much realer than this. Like, yes, you're young. So the the decisions that you make in terms of you can always reverse them, right? Maybe you go play for one year and then that only takes a year off your plate if you decide you don't like it. But it's a tough decision to make because it could potentially decide the course of your career and life. So I was at this fork in the road. This happens all the time. It's it's kind of the sunken cost fallacy is the technical word for it. Like you devoted so much time and energy and effort to a task, to a dream that you don't want to give it up. But you could end up con- consuming so many of your resources, so much of your time by pushing this dream even further rather than just switching over to something else. In the business world, this could be maybe you your company builds airplanes, right? Um, and you're building a plane that you know probably won't work out, right? Maybe there's some technical difficulties with it and you're just crashing more and more and more money into that, trying to hope that it eventually works out, trying to repair it rather than pivoting and moving on maybe to a different model, right? Or, you know, this this can go for anything, right? I'm not going to sit here and take your time up 
by just listing a bunch of sunken cost fallacies. But the idea is that instead of pivoting and cutting your losses, you are sinking yourself deeper and deeper into the cost. Now, I'm not saying that this is what you're doing by extending your basketball career. It's not. A lot of players push through. They find something. They elevate to the next level, then the next level. Next thing you know, they're playing at a pro level. That's their dream. They're making money playing basketball. But I do think it is important to consider that many times, especially when you have an alternative, when you have a plan B that you're thinking about, uh, basketball ending for you, your basketball career ending can be at least not a bad thing, but also a good thing because it's going to happen eventually. And whether that's now, whether that's 15, 20 years down the line, it's going to happen. So setting yourself up for after that is important. But I think it was it's it's important to to realize that, yes, you want to continue to play. You almost get validation from achieving something that you've worked so hard for. But if you're going to look back and think, damn, maybe I spent all of my time on this when I had this great idea 10 years ago that I should have just taken action on then, that's when it can get a little tricky. So again, I'm not giving you a black or white answer. This is all gray area. And you can do both, right? You can continue to hoop while you're working on something else. But for me, it was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to hoop and train full time for four years. So I would have been getting out of school, you know, having trained a little bit, but mostly been working on myself. Um, and it was kind of the gut feeling for me. Like I knew I liked training more. I knew that was my calling. I knew I wanted to change the world with it. And I was seeing a little bit of success. And despite me wanting validation for all the hours that were put in, that to me was my gut feeling. So it took me to the very last second. I mean, I literally made a last second decision to end up not playing. And it's been tough, right? There are things that come along with it. Like, although I could have played ball in college, I get questions all the time from parents or whatever. Hey, where'd you play? And then like, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I was training the entire time. I was working on my craft. And then it's almost like a level of disappointment because I wasn't a college player. And I understand that, right? You want to be trained by high level players. Um, theoretically, that's that's what, you know, parents and, and others in the industry or outside of the industry look at. Um, so it's been tough and there there are things that I have to get through, but I think for me it was the best decision and it sucked. The decision sucked, like waking up every day and not going to the gym at 5 a.m. and having something to work towards, having a level to try to get to. You know, I still did it ca- more than casually. I still worked my ass off when I, when I was in school and when I was training just because it was a habit. And I wanted to see improvement in myself. But at the same time, it's it's tough when you don't have that direction anymore in something that you've been working so hard on for years. Thank God I had some, a direction in something else, which was training. But I do think that overall, in a general sense, basketball or any dream, any anything that you're striving for coming to an end can be a good thing, right? It sucks in the moment, sucks in the short term, but in the long term, it could be a good thing if you make it that way, right? You can always use those foundations that you build through basketball, through something else for the next venture. In fact, you should, right? I used everything that I learned in basketball, whether that's everything 
from something so simple as work ethic and, and being in a routine to the relationships that I built to the creativity, obviously basketball playing and basketball training is an easy one to create synergy between. But I do think even me outside of basketball training, having worked my ass off and developing a routine and seeing results from something so consistent as my workouts were, my training was in basketball when I was playing, that translates over to the business side and, you know, my daily operations. It almost feels like I'm, I'm training myself to play when I'm really just training myself to be a good person, businessman and, and leader. So point being, you can use so many qualities that you develop in any venture, any dream for another one, right? It's not like, ah, shit, you know, basketball, playing, playing basketball didn't work out. This business didn't work out. This job didn't work out. Well, now I got to start all over. No, you're not starting all over. You have a great foundation. You have new skills. You have new relationships. You have a ton of stuff to build on that you can carry with you into that next venture. And that may actually put you ahead of people who have been doing it for a while because you have an outside perspective. So I think once you see it that way and once you see it as like, you know, the, the whole everything happens for a reason thing has always been tough for me just because, you know, when we look at it from without getting too depressing, but like little kid getting hit by a car and dying like everything happens for a reason it's kind of tough to to understand in that context and a ton of other contexts like the world's a pretty fucked up place so is all this really happening for a reason but i do think in a micro sense in your own life there is some merit in this because if you think about things this way where it's like this bad shit happened but everything's everything happens for a reason so I'm going to make the most out of this. That's where you see value in that saying, right? I, I had to stop playing basketball because I didn't have any offers and I was not in a situation to pay for any of the places that I had on the table. So I had to quit playing basketball at a, you know, organized level. Well, when you think everything happens for a reason or whatever iteration of this saying that you have in your mind, now you're like, all right, what reason is this? Now you're reevaluating. Now you're trying to find the next thing to go into, right? And sometimes that may take a little a little while. Sometimes there may be a little buffer period where it's like, let me reevaluate. You're a little bit directionless. Even I had that, right? I knew I wanted to get into training, but my first year or two after hooping, I was like, what direction do I want to take this training thing, right? What do I really love about this? How do I really do this? And it's tough at first. But I do think that when you have that mindset of, all right, this didn't work out. We failed at something. And it's not even failure, right? It's, it is it is failure if we're being completely real. But you don't have to see it as failure. It's like a pivot to something else. And when you see it that way, when you start to see failure as a learning experience, when you start to enjoy failure and failing faster because it allows you to pivot to other things, this is when you can really start to take off in a number of of uh things across your your life right because it's it's it it's able you're able to use everything that happens to you to your advantage and again when you're more likely to make the most out of a situation because you see everything is happening for a reason then chances are anything that happens any bad turns in your life and your journey you're going to see them in a better light than somebody who 
has you know a fixed mindset they're they, they aren't willing to put perspective on failure and see those things as a springboard for other opportunities so i i truly do believe this that whether it's your basketball career coming to an end whether it's a business tanking going downhill whether it's a job that you really enjoyed firing you if you have the wherewithal and the the ability and just the pure grit and control of your mental to reframe these things and to see these again maybe not at least at first as positives but opportunities for something else to come out of them that's when you become unstoppable because anytime you lose it's not a loss it's it is a loss again we can't shy away from that it is a loss but it's not something that's going to bury you in the dirt so to me that has made an absolutely huge difference in how I see things, how I view failure, how I seek out failure, seek out risks that could allow me to fail. Because when you get comfortable with that and with dealing with it and with making lemonade out of the lemons that you get, that's when you become, to me, unstoppable. And again, I'm not perfect at this. I like to preface, well, I guess, you know, give this disclaimer on all these podcasts that this is just how I see things right now. I could be doing this podcast in 20 years down the line and could be completely different. I could be way better at it. I should be right. And I'm going to look back at this and be like, damn, this kid was talking about, you know, being good at dealing with failure. Look at me now that he was terrible at it back then. But, you know, this mainly comes from me talking to people, um, people who are smarter than me, more successful than me and understanding what it takes to be successful from afar. And then just kind of some, case studies on what's happened with me because I'm not perfect at this. We all, none of us are perfect at this, but I'm nowhere near it. This is just kind of uh, what I've seen in in small instances this this early in my career. So just wanted to put that out there for, for maybe some hoopers who are having a hard time at that fork in the road. Maybe some people who are in completely different situations, but something that was on my mind, figured I would get it out there. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if there's any failures that you guys have experienced that have allowed you to springboard or that have just buried you in the dirt for a little bit and that you're struggling with or you have struggled with. I would love to talk about those things with you guys. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate everything that you guys do in terms of you know consuming the content, supporting. So as always, we will be back very soon with some more fire. Let's get it.